0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information on Priest Chapel Christian Fellowship and how to get connected, follow us on Instagram at Priest Chapel CF. We hope you enjoy today's message. Yes. Good folks there. Amen. Good folks doing a wonderful work for God. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak to you for a few moments this morning on uh, a series that we're starting today. And so uh, I really want to encourage you folks to try not to miss any uh, Sundays and, and be faithful to the house of the Lord, amen, because you, you just might miss something that God wants to speak to you because this is a series of messages that are going to kind of go hand in hand and, and piggyback off one another, and we are in the year 2020, and obviously everyone's talking about 2020 vision and talking about all that stuff, it kind of makes sense, right? Right. But I figure at the beginning of the year, I just tap on that area of vision. Amen. Uh, aren't, aren't you glad? I was driving to church this morning and just began to thank the Lord, amen, that God has a purpose for our life. Amen. There's a purpose. you know that uh, he has a purpose, but God has a vision for your life? Yeah. There, there's a vision. He see, when you were created and when he, when, when, even when you were in your mother's womb, no matter how you got to this place this morning, that God had a purpose. He had a vision for your life, and uh, it's important to understand. It's important to have the, to understand not only that God has a vision for your life, but I believe it's important here this morning that we got to be a people of vision, and you got to you got to have a vision for your life. You, and your vision has has to align with God's vision. For your life, amen. Because if your vision for your life does not align for God's vision for your life, you're going to be all over the place, right? So it's one thing, amen, you know, it's, we have a lot of dreams and dreams and aspirations and stuff like that, but I'm going to be talking about throughout this series in the area of vision. I love what the book of John, chapter 18, verse 37 says, and this is not my text, but I wanted to share this because I think it's important. It's important. And and I'm just going to kind of, for the next few moments before I get into my text, I'm going to kind of set a foundation for where I'm going to be going. But the book of John, chapter 18, verse 37, the Bible says, Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. And then he says, "For for, For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world. I bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. In other words, Jesus had a clear vision of who he was. He had a clear vision of his purpose. He understood. Amen. It's important that this year, amen, I know the year comes, the new year, you're jotting down things that you want to accomplish. You've got financial goals. You've got ministry goals. You've got family goals. Amen. You guys, you know, we do all these things. Amen. Because you got to have goals. But one thing that I love about here when Jesus was questioned is that he had no question about who he was and what he was here for. There was a clear purpose, amen. And oftentimes, folks, we come to church all the time, we come in here, and oftentimes, amen, uh, we are, we're living our own purpose, we're living our own ways, we're living our own desire. Even though we're in church, we can totally be clueless to the purpose and plan and vision that God has for our life. We, we know the scripture in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where the Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law happy is he. In other words, where there is no revelation of the future, right? Where there is no revelation of the future, people throw off self-control, personal discipline, restraint. When we have none of this going on, amen, uh, uh, you know, we lose sight of all that. Uh, Vision is the source of personal and corporate discipline. When you have a clear vision for your life, Anything that pushes you toward the vision is yes, and anything that pushes you away from the vision is no. Amen. So what is vision? Amen. Where does vision come from? Well, vision is born in the soul of man or woman who are consumed with the tension between what is and what could be. Did you hear that? What is and what could be. Vision often begins with the inability to accept things the way they are, and over time, that dissatisfaction matures into a clear picture of what could be. Have you ever saw a picture, amen, maybe you saw a painting that was unfinished, amen, but you looked at that painting and you said, man, I can envision what this painting can be or I can envision what this can be when it's actually done, when the finished product is put together and you begin to envision a beautiful thing, a beautiful sight, amen, vision, vision is a clear mental picture of what could be, fueled by the conviction of what it should be. Vision is the source, and it's the hope of life. The greatest gift ever given to mankind is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. Sight is the function of the eyes. Vision is the function of the heart. Vision is the key to unlocking the gates of what was and what is to propelling us into the land of what could be and has not yet been. Vision sets you free from the limitations of what the eyes can see and allows you to enter into the liberty of what the heart can feel. It is vision that makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. Vision makes suffering and disappointment bearable. Vision generates hope in the midst of despair and provides endurance and tribulation. Vision inspires the depressed and motivates the discouraged. Vision will prioritize your values. Hear that. Vision will prioritize your values. A clear vision has the power to bring what's most important to the surface of your schedule and lifestyle. A clear vision makes it easy to weed out of your life those things that stand in the way of achieving what matters most. Vision empowers you to move purposely in a predetermined direction. Without vision, good things will hinder you from achieving the best things. People without clear vision are easily distracted. Vision translates into purpose. Vision is the energy of progress. 1 Corinthians tells us in chapter 6, 19 through 20, the Bible reads this, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Did you hear that? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. And so in the the word of the Lord, the scripture is saying honoring God involves discovering his picture or vision of what our lives could be and should be. And then glorifying God involves discovering what we could and should accomplish. That's why the Bible even talks about in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so in other words, the Bible is saying, Paul writes, he says, I'm God's workmanship. This means that you are a product of God's vision. Do you hear that? You're a product of God's vision. God has decided what you can do and should do. Amen. Uh, When he created you. That's why in the book of Jeremiah, the Bible reads in chapter 1, verse 5, it says, before I formed you, in the womb I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nation. So he tells the young boy, tells the young prophet, he says, before, it, before you were even birthed on this earth, amen, I knew you. I formed you. I had a vision for your life. So the first thing, it's understandable you're sitting here today. You need to understand, amen, when we talk about vision, God has a vision for your life. You are the outcome of something God... Envisioned, and now you might be sitting here today saying, "Well, Pastor Jay, you don't know my upbringing. You don't know my life, man. I grew up, amen, without a dad, but without a mom. I grew up uh, living in this area. I grew up, man, uh, uh, you know this way. I grew up in a with drugs. I grew up with alcohol. I grew. Up, I didn't grow up with a steady home. I I, I grew up with all this stuff. How, how can you say did God envision all that? Well, the the reality is, you're here today, and somewhere along the line, God said He knew you would come to this point." Point, amen, because He's never forgotten about you He's never forgotten about you And so you may, yes, we all may have had a, uh, We all took a different road To get to where we're at today But the reality is God got you here amen. But His vision is not complete You have a part You have a part In God's vision for your life And so I'm going to talk throughout the next several weeks. We're going to be tackling this because I think it's a great way to start the year where we we begin to understand, man, you know what? God has a vision for my life, and I want to do my part to make sure that I'm fulfilling the vision that God has for my life. Amen. And if I'm doing my part, amen, I know that success and things that God has for my life is going to come to pass because, amen, God doesn't fail. God doesn't break promises. He has wonderful plans for our life in this place, not only as individuals individuals in this place, but he has wonderful plans for us as a church, as a body, because when we talk about vision, we're not just talking about individual vision, but we also talk about corporate vision and vision as the body of Christ. And I know this, that a house of God that is filled with vision cannot be stopped. 2 Corinthians 5.5, five, Paul says... God is, not the one, uh, God is the one who has prepared us for this change, and He gave us His spirit as the guarantee of all that is uh, all that He has in store for us. Do you believe that in this place? As Christians, folks, we don't, have a, we don't have a right this morning to take our talents, to take our abilities, our experiences, opportunities, education and run in any direction that we please. The Bible says that God purchased. He bought with a price. His blood was shed. For for our sins, Amen. It was a heavy price that was taken, and so sometimes I wonder if if we've lost contact of the simple fact that wait a minute here, God purchased me with His blood. I don't have the right, Amen. My life is not my own. I don't have the right to do whatever I want to do with my life anymore, Amen. I am subject under the under God, Amen. He 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 owns my life. He runs my life, Amen. Uh, And and so we're going to talk a little bit this morning as I'm going to dip into the book of Nehemiah. If you got the book. uh, if you've got your Bibles, turn to the book of Nehemiah. And I'm just going to start with chapter 1. And we're going to unpack some stuff here about vision. As you're finding that, I'll give the, the segment of the sermon that usually is kind of like why, but you need to understand a little bit of the history that's going on here in the Word of the Lord. It was 587 B.C., when the Babylonians invaded Judah and destroyed the city of Jerusalem, including Solomon's majestic temple. After 70 years, Cyrus, king of Persia, who had since conquered the Babylonians, gave the Jews permission to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And as we can imagine, that was a happy time for Israel under the leadership of a man named Zerubbabel. Many of the exiled Jews actually, most of them, would have been The children and grandchildren of the exiled Jews returned to Jerusalem and rebuilt the temple. And for a while, things were looking up. It seemed as if Israel was on the verge of becoming the nation God had called them to be, but it didn't last. The people, as they had done before, turned to other gods rather than being faithful to Yahweh. And in the process, the temple was being uh, maintained. Sacrifice had ceased, and the Jews continued to adopt the religious practices and culture of the surrounding nations. By this time, the story begins about 445 B.C., which is almost 150 years since the exile. The political, social, and spiritual conditions of Jerusalem were just awful. Meanwhile, back in Persia, a Jewish man named Nehemiah heard about the plight of his homeland, and it absolutely devastated him. In fact, he was so burdened that we're told that he wept for his homeland and his people. It was painful, but out of the pain came the birth of a vision that resulted in one of the most pivotal moments in the communal life of Israel. And we're going to pick this up in Nehemiah chapter 1, and I'm going to just read this chapter to you real quickly. The Bible says this. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah, now it happened in the month of Chislev in the 20th year, as I was in Susa, the citadel, that Hanini, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the remnant there in the province who had survived the exile and the great trouble and shame, the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. As soon as I heard these words, and I want us to focus here. This is Nehemiah. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept, And mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant, that I may now pray before you day and night. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are faithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though, you're out, though your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power, And by your strong hand, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of man. Now I was a cupbearer and the king. Now let me, we've all probably read that passage before, but I want you to think about this. In many ways, Nehemiah had it made. He had it made. He was the king's cupbearer, the Bible says. A position that afforded him a home in the palace, closeness to the king, and a life of relative luxury compared to most of his Jewish counterparts. And uh, the frowning providence of God that had driven his people from their homeland in Jerusalem had concealed a smiling face for Nehemiah, who had grown up in the Babylonian capital and had enjoyed the privilege of being amongst the king's court and Nevertheless, when we read the opening verses of this book, Nehemiah makes something very clear that uh, 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 very clear that the comforts of Babylon no matter how good he was living, were not enough to overrule his concern or burden for the things that God had for his people. So there's some things that God that Nehemiah understood here that, you, that we need to make mention of. And number one, he, he understood, he knew what God was up to. Nehemiah knew what God was up to. He knew that God was grieved over the fact that the Israelites needed to get their act together. Uh, Another thing is Nehemiah was concerned with the things that God was concerned with. Nehemiah's heart was broken. The Bible says that he wept uh, over the things that broke God's heart. And in the tension of wrestling with what was and what could be, God birthed the vision in Nehemiah to rebuild the wall. God birthed this vision in Nehemiah. He wrestled with what could be and what should be. And so one of the things that we have to understand here today, amen, when a vision is birthed, amen, God wants to birth a vision inside your life, but in order for a vision to be birthed inside your life, for whatever it is, for it to be a God-given vision, it has to start with a burden. Did you hear me? It has to start with a burden. God. God-given visions begin with a burden or a concern before a God-ordained vision is birthed that will always begin, amen, uh, with something on the inside, amen. Have you ever saw a need or something that wasn't done or, or, or God was challenging you, amen. This is a new year. God, we're, we're about to go into prayer and fasting next, starting tomorrow, Monday through Friday, amen. Uh, not sure if they announced that, but now you know if they did it, amen. We're doing prayer and fasting Monday through Friday, amen. It's not a Daniel fast. You can fast water only. You can fast social media. You can fast TV, electronics, whatever it is that consumes your life. You can give that to God. You can fast, amen. But we're going into a fast. God wants to birth up some dreams, amen. But one thing that you learn from this story here, amen, is that Nehemiah's uh, vision, amen, that eventually, amen, was birthed, amen, it didn't happen until there was a burden, What burdens you this morning? What breaks your heart? Does your heart break over the things that breaks God's heart? What breaks your heart this morning? Remember in, in the book of Luke, chapter 15, verse 7, where the Bible says, Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who need no repentance. In other words, that's like taking 99 of us righteous people all here, man, having a big old party on this side and we're to woop and we got all the things going on over here, amen, and one person, amen, gets saved and repents over here and that all of heaven, amen, they're not worried about the 99 over here, they're worried about the party going on over here. Right? Are, are we concerned with what God is up to as God is? See, one thing that Nehemiah understood in the beginning of, of chapter 1 when his heart broke and he wept and he was broken for the things that broke God, he had a genuine concern, amen, for the temple that was in ruin that needed to be rebuilt. And, and one thing, amen, he, he, he understood, man, he said, man, I'm, I understand what God is up to. He was concerned over the condition of Jerusalem, it consumed him, folks. It it broke his heart. Uh, this was not, not a casual. Uh, it was it was not a casual concern. This was a vision in the making. God was birthing something in this man to do, Amen. Uh, that he would take care of that this temple would eventually get rebuilt, Amen. But it started with a burden. Nehemiah's thoughts of what was is supposed to, what could be. It's like he's looking at something. He's looking at a, a, a temple in ruin and, and he's crying because he's seen what it could be. You need to let that wrap around your mind. He is seeing what it could be. It's breaking his heart. And everyone there knew uh, they were aware that something was bothering Nehemiah. Nehemiah must have been one of these guys that uh, wore his emotions all over his sleeves and he wasn't very good at hiding when he, wa- when he was going through stuff. And so the people around him knew that, man, something is bothering Nehemiah. Man, he was so burdened. Uh, and this was a, God was birthing a vision in this man. When God's concern becomes our concern, you don't have to pray for a vision. Some of you here, I need a vision from God. Well, if you're concerned about the things that God is concerned about, you don't have to pray for a vision. God, a God-given vision begins with a burden. Vision is birthed, folks, when men and women get together and are concerned about the things that God is concerned about. That's got to happen. I wonder wonder what kind of percentage we got going on in here of people that are concerned about what God is concerned about or just concerned about what they're concerned about. Listen, Nehemiah says in verse 4, Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4, he says, as soon, he didn't wait, he says, as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Listen, he put everything into action. Amen. A lot of times, folks, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of concerns, a lot of burdens in our, in our life, in our church, in, in, in everything that's going on around us. Amen. And, and folks, we're, 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 the church is really good talkers. Amen. We're all preachers in this place. We're really good talkers about stuff that concerns us. And, but, that, but that's the gist of it. That's, where it. that's where it stopped. And see, Nehemiah had a burden because a burden will also fuel a passion. You and I should never take one step forward with a vision without first asking what, God, what, what is it that God wants. How many's ever done that before? You, you, you're, you're way ahead of God and God's like, wait for me. Wait for me, man. I'll, I'll help you not make those mistakes. I'll help you not go in the wrong direction. Amen. The Bible goes on and it says in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 5 and 11. Listen, to Nehemiah goes on he says, And I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins. Now, catch this, folks. Nehemiah was so burdened for the people, so burdened for the work, so burdened of what was going on that he is praying. uh, Not only, he's not worried about himself. He's confessing the sins of the people. He is there. He says, I'm confessing the sins of the people of Israel which we have sinned against you. In fact, he is so burdened, amen, and sees such a concern that he may not, you know, Nehemiah may have been straight. It doesn't mean that he might have done anything bad, but he sees the need to have a corporate confession of repentance uh, and says, "Amen, I'm going to take this before God uh, because, uh, you know what, I have such a burden for this. So he's confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. He says, Even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you're unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, Through your outcasts are the uttermost parts of heaven. From there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant. And to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name. And then this is what he says. After he gets done repenting for not only himself, but everybody there, all of Israel, he says this. He says, and give success to your servant today. How many want success this year? Give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now I was cupbearer to the king. I want you to see this for a moment. A vision from burden begins with God's story. And what is God's story? God's vision is about redemption that brings reconciliation from the very beginning. God works to restore and reconcile man back to himself. God's story, the message of Scripture, is the good news that we are rightly reconciled back to God. And so here you have this situation where he says, I understand, ain't nothing, amen, uh, ain't no vision going to happen, ain't nothing going to happen, nothing going to be built, amen, whether it be in my life, whether it be the children of Israel's life, whether it be the temple, ain't nothing going to happen right until we we, got to get back to the basics, amen, we got to repent, amen, we got to make sure that everything is in line and right with God, amen, because, amen, I I need a God-given vision for my life. Are you, are you following me, this morning? Let me share a few more points, and then we'll we'll wrap this up. Number two, the first one, the first point I talked about is vision begins with a burden. It begins with a concern. Amen. That, you know that's uh, that's what uh, you know. We see things that are happening. We see the you know the life of Martin Luther King, right? He, he had a burden, right? There was a concern, and he stood up, and 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 that's where you get the great speech, "I have a dream," and 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 his his uh, his life and his legacy it lives on today, right? Isn't isn't that kind of cool? That shouldn't we all want a kind of life that says, "Man, you know what? Whatever it is, God has whatever God's vision for my life is, I want to fulfill that in my lifetime, so that even when I'm when I'm gone and I'm not here, amen, that, that the life that God had for you still speaks volumes instead of just a tombstone? Isn't life... Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, today's generation, amen, I mean, we've, we've gotten to a place where we wake up, we go to work, and we pay our bills, we come home, amen, uh, we, we got recreation, we go to bed, we start over the next day, and all of a sudden we're just boom, 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 and pretty, pretty soon, folks, time is going by so fast, your life's going to be over, and it's like, well, well, did my life count? Did it make a difference? Did, did my life fulfill God's vision for my life? The vision that God had for my life when He saved my life, yeah, come on now. He saved it for a purpose. And did I live out the life of the whole reason that God said? God sent a messenger my way to pull up a sleeve and snatch me out of a miry pit, put a brand new song into my life? You know what I mean? I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I mean think with me folks. Yes. Yes. Think with me. Yes. Time is going quick. Listen, not everyone will share your burden. Did you notice that nobody else seemed to be concerned about the wall? Why was Nehemiah the only one concerned about the wall? This, and this, folks, we've seen this before. How many ever had a passion, a burden, a concern about something? and you're so passionate, and you're so burdened, it's, a, it's, it's, it's in you. you, you have that Nehemiah burden inside your life, and, and, and uh, man, you, you just want to do something about it, and you're trying to get people on board, amen, uh, with what God, what, what you, what, this burden that you're feeling, and you're having a difficult time because they don't share the same thing. Did you notice nobody else there was concerned about the wall? For years, the walls of Jerusalem had been broken down. For years, right? It had been broken down. But as I read Nehemiah, I get the impression that no one else was crying about the broken down walls. It's kind of like church, right? You ever see a need in church? How many times you walk by it, you think about it, but you don't do nothing about it. Or, you know, there's things going on. It's like, man, it'd be really good. Amen. I tell you what, I'd love to, I mean, I, I, I'm praying. I'm praying for, for fresh ministries to rise up, man. Maybe maybe there's somebody in here that, that that God has given a burden for single mothers. Maybe there's somebody in here that God has given a burden for widows. Maybe there's somebody in here that God has given a burden for for. for young people and uh, God has given a burden for various different uh, types of uh, of, of uh, age groups and types of uh, uh, you know uh, people amen that, that that are on different roads and going through different things amen God knows because we're all different here amen this is how this is how he makes up the church this is what he does amen uh, you know uh, he's gonna put a, a strong burden about something in somebody else's life amen that he's not going to put in another person's life amen uh, this is just how God works and for years, the walls of Jerusalem had broken down, but, 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 but nobody was concerned. Nobody had a burden, amen. Uh, it, it, you know, that until Nehemiah came along, he had a burden. He had a burden to, to rebuild. He had a burden, amen. He understood what needed to be done. Amen. What is God telling you this morning? What has He giving you a burden about? Because if he's put a burden on your heart in an area, amen, you don't need to sleep on that. You need to to read Nehemiah chapter 1, and you need to take this week and go into prayer and fasting. Because I tell you what, Brother Pat got up here talking about something fresh, something new. Amen. I I talked to a few people before, before the service. I said, hey, man, this is your year. This year, amen. You're not gonna watch, you're not gonna sit on the sidelines. Amen. God has something for you to do. Amen. Right? What's he giving you a burden about? And, and know that not everyone will share your concern or your burden. Amen. Some people, folks, and here's another thing some people will share, some people will share that concern or burden, but do nothing about it. Do you think that anyone else had tried to rebuild the walls? Yes, some had tried but had given up. But I imagine that many had the concern or burden and had done nothing about it. Talking and doing are two different things. It's likely they, they become discouraged by the opposition and the criticism. Have you ever noticed every time you try to accomplish something, there's about 10 people that will tell you why it can't happen? As a result, the walls have been lying in ruins, folks, for 140 years. Even those who had a concern were no longer taking action. And then Nehemiah came along. And listen to what Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15 and 16 says. Nehemiah chapter 6, it says this So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elul in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem, for they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. I I want you to think about this for a moment. Nehemiah was able to accomplish in 52 days what others hadn't been able to accomplish in 140 years. Did you hear that? A God-given vision, when vision is birthed out of a burden and you act on the burden that God has put deep inside your gut to the point that you are weeping, you're crying, you're fasting, you're praying, you're taking that God-given that thing that he's put inside you to God. Amen. Let me say he will birth something up so amazing folks that you'll be like, "Man, the only way this can happen is because I obeyed God. God was a part of it." Amen. And he made he made everything work out. <laughs> Lastly, God often gives a concern or a burden before he gives a solution. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. He was responsible for ensuring the safety of the king's food and drink. Nehemiah wasn't really in a position to do anything about the broken down wall. He didn't have the authority to go and rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. Uh, Nehemiah could have thrown his hands up and said, man, you know what? I I don't think I can do this. What can I do about it, man? I'm just gonna, you know, I'm not the guy. And oftentimes that's what happens. God throw something in us, and the first thing we say is, I'm not that guy. I'm not that girl. Ask somebody else to do it. Ask somebody else to do it. I can't do that. And, and, and we think of things so humanly because we forget that God is the God of the impossible, but we think like we think things like, man, I can't do that. I can't make that happen. How can God use me to this? I'm just this person. I'm just that person. Well, how did He use young Jeremiah, just a teenager, to be a prophet to the nation? I mean, how did He use young David, a shepherd's boy, to defeat the Philistines? I mean, I mean, how did He use uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Amen. Uh, uh, you know, uh, how did how did He use these these folks? Amen. It was it, it was like it birthed. Amen. There was a burden that was birth and in the, the birthing process amen God gave a vision and gave dreams amen and they acted upon what God wanted them to do see many times God will give you a burden and it won't immediately obviously you, you think you can't do nothing about it but God has been preparing you maybe, maybe 2019 you didn't do a whole lot but maybe God was preparing you for 2020 Maybe you were in a season of preparation, a season of waiting, because remember, amen, there was a waiting period for Nehemiah at that point. Once he got the burden, amen, there was a time period there that had to lapse before things begin to really start to flow into motion, just like everybody else. I mean, look at Moses, amen. Moses, in order to be the greatest leader that we read about in the Old Testament when he leads the biggest congregation, which is the children of Israel, amen, Moses had to go 40 years, 40 years of preparation. So maybe you're here today and say, man, you know what? I'm feeling this burden. I'm feeling this burden. Amen. Just because things aren't happening right away, folks, don't give up on the, on the vision. Don't give up on the, on what you're feeling inside that God has put inside your heart. There's going to be times where you're going to have to wait it out a little bit. Amen. And as you do that, God is preparing you. So when the time comes, everything will work out the way God intended it to work out. God gives the vision. God also gives the means to carry out the vision. It's an amazing thing. You gotta be a people of vision, folks. gotta be, you know, I I read a story one day of Walt Disney. Walt Disney, when he was later in age, he was sitting at the theme park and they were doing a lot of building and stuff like that and And the story goes that he told the construction worker, he says, hey, uh, look at my mountain. And the construction worker came over and was looking and says, oh, yeah, Mr. Disney, you know, just probably thought he was hallucinating, just some old guy. He said, look at my mountain. Well, the story goes on. He passes away. They have a banquet. They're doing the grand opening for Space Mountain. And... The wife, they, they call, you know, a young man gets up there and he's talking about, you know, hey, I remember, you know, I really wish Mr. Disney was here so that he can, he can see this mountain. And when Mr. Disney's wife got up there to talk about the mountain, she, she said, I got to correct the young man. She said, my husband saw that thing well before any of you. She said, That's vision. That's vision. When you're able to, and it's like our personal life. We're going to talk about this a lot. It's like, man, if you can't see, if you can't see God's vision for your life and want to bring that into place, amen, guess what? You're going to be stuck. You can't see past Amen. You can't. You're just. You're just. Oh, this is all I'm going to be. Is all I'm going to be a, a church goer, or all I'm going to be is a. I'm just trying to be a good person in life, folks. Let me tell you some. God has powerful vision for your life, and you need to align your vision with God's vision. Amen. Get that together, amen. So you can do something great for the kingdom of God. Amen. And in that, you'll get some 2020 vision, folks, for your life. Amen. You will see, man. Uh, God's got wonderful plan. He's got a wonderful purpose for your life. Uh, he wants to do something powerful. In your life, you just gotta let, it, let them do it. But it all starts with a burden. You won't accomplish anything if you don't have a burden. It starts there. It starts with a burden. If you don't have a burden for your family to get saved, shame on you. It starts with a burden. got to have a burden. The kind of burden that Nehemiah had where he wept, where he prayed, where he fasted, and then God showed up and made a way. Give the Lord some praise in this place. Hallelujah. We hope you were blessed by this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends on Instagram. Remember to tag us at Praise Chapel CF. See you next time. Have a great week.